welcome to the GM Yearbook. I'm Jim. And I'm Matt. We're here to take you on a journey through the years as we explore the music in our lifetime and the impact it's had on us and the world we lived in. Welcome to version 2018. Matt, I feel like a big kid. Where four years ago seems like it was a <laughs> lifetime ago. I'm sure the pandemic had some play in that. But you got to tell me, how are you feeling about 2018 today? You're right. Four years made a huge difference. Yeah. Neither of us found much to wrap our arms around in version, even you know, two, 2014, you know, four mm-hmm. years prior. I couldn't even find much when I was exploring back then. And looking back in the notes for version 2016, there were, you know, very few groups that I got excited about. But as the late 2010s progressed, we're both able to come around on new music again. It's like building. You know, I don't think, you know, 2018, again, it wasn't as good as maybe like 2019, but again, you know, we're building. Yeah. So what about you? Well, I agree uh, that 2019 was a better year, definitely than 2016. It'll be interesting to go to 2017. I'm a little curious, but I don't think we're going to be happy. And I'm going to predict that 2020 is actually going to be an exciting episode for us. But you're definitely correct about 2014. That was just really dull. Sorry, people. Yeah. (laughs) I bravely stated in our 2019 episode that I thought the end of this decade was experiencing a new shift in music and that someday these will be viewed as classic years like 1991 or as we saw 1984. They have to happen sometimes, right? We can't be old men just yelling at clouds acting like those years were the best and they can never happen again. But we got to get started somewhere and this is a year that we had a lot of tragic loss. So we're going to start the episode honoring some of the amazing people we lost in 2018. Seems like the last few episodes we've done have been short of this. Well, everybody get your hankies out because (laughs) this one runs a little bit longer. Yeah, there was a lot. We'll start out with Mac Miller. I never realized how important Mac Miller was to people until we went to Pittsburgh this past summer. And I started talking to Owen about him. Mm -hmm. We visited Brick Park, uh, the benches, tables, everywhere. People, you know left messages to Mac and quoting him and thanking him for his music, you know, just markers left there on purpose for people. It was really moving to see how many lives he touched and how important he was, especially when I saw Owen reading all the messages. And we later found a place where there was a uh, mural that somebody had painted that we visited and somebody snuck a print symbol into. So Oh, nice. Go Prince. <laughs> and I had written off Mac Miller's music after only hearing a small sample size. Uh, and I couldn't have been more wrong. I don't have a song of his on my five this week, but listen to Swimming, his 2018 album. It's so smooth and dreamy. He unfortunately passed away from an overdose. Yeah, I sent you a message this weekend. I had never intentionally put on a Mac Miller album and wouldn't have known if I'd heard him before. But I put him on while I was cooking in the kitchen And two songs in, I was a fan. I I really enjoyed his music. I thought that it was very, uh, very unique and he was super, super talented. He definitely had a great talent and his loss was an unnecessary tragedy. Yes. And then there was Scott Hutchinson, front man for one of the first indie bands that I found and became a fan of, Frightened Rabbit. There was always an honesty in his music and Mm -hmm. a, a real willingness to bear himself. And I remember when I first read the news reports that he went missing and it didn't sound like there was going to be a happy ending as he had dealt with depression. Uh, Many of his lyrics, they would center around some kind of darkness, but often end on a note of like seeing, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel that, you know, there's, there's hope, but that's the thing with depression. You get very good at hiding it, or maybe you see it as protecting others from your darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like Scott Hutchinson, Avicii, or Tim Abeling was another tortured soul who gave so much happiness to the world. He was a DJ who preferred an eclectic mix in his sound, and he hit the top 10 in 15 different countries. You've probably heard the songs Wake Me Up, Levels, and Hey Brother. There are three amazing dance floor, jump up and down festival songs that he contributed to the music world. And he also had been suffering from depression, and he died suddenly on April 20th, 2018. His family released a statement, and I think it kind of says it all. Tim was not made for the business machine he found himself in. He was a sensitive guy who loved his fans but shunned the spotlight. Tim, you will forever be loved and sadly missed. 
The person you were and your music will keep your memory alive. We love you, the family. Nice. Yeah. And then another big loss, but somebody who had a longer time to spend with us and left an amazing impact was the one and only Aretha Franklin. In 2018, the world mourned the loss of the Queen of Soul. I say the world because she's one of the most accomplished American singers of her time. Over the course of her career, she sold 75 million records. She propelled the fame with the success of some amazing songs. Respect, Chain of Fools, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, I Say a Little Prayer and Think. She recorded 112 songs that charted on the Billboard charts, and 17 of those reached the top 10. She rose to the top in the 1960s and continued to produce chart-topping singles all through the boom of the 80s. Her appearance in the Blues Brothers is a highlight of that film already stacked with greatness. I picked the song Think for the cleanup episode that we did that included 1980. And I remember you making the statement, when Aretha sings a song, she makes it her own. She was awarded the National Medal of Arts, the Presidential Medal of Freedom, and has been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the UK Music Hall of Fame, and the Gospel Hall of Fame. Aretha Franklin is a legacy that could be argued that is unmatched. She died at home on August 16, 2018, and her funeral service was streamed on CNN, BET, MSNBC, Fox News, and the World Network. She was truly a legend. Only legends get an eight-hour funeral. Absolutely. All right. So let's get away from the deaths from this year, and let's get to some music, because I think this is going to be a fun conversation. I had a much better time with 2018 than most other years in the 2000s. Start us off with telling us how you were feeling going back just four years here. <laughs> well, looking into it, um, for my personal, when I would sit down and listen to music going through and bands that I would like, uh, again, there wasn't a lot. There were there were some, and we'll hit them you know, later on. But 2018, my kids were programming rap into my life. <laughs> <laughs> Long drives in the car for sports. We would listen to them and... We'd let them control the music, just Bluetooth to the uh, car stereo. Being so far removed from that genre, and sometimes they listen to older rap, I didn't realize how much they were listening to was new in 2018. I don't like a majority of it, but some of the artists, actually most of the artists they listened to had a few songs that I really could get into. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Was, was this a really a good parenting moment? Was it a good way to engage your kids? Instead of just them sitting there with headphones on, listening to their own music, you let them control the radio. And so it kind of brought all of you together instead of everybody going off into their own world. Yeah, I think it's important to take that um, initiative and that interest in what your kids are listening to. I like that. I like you know, that. otherwise you're, what are you, you going to do? Just sit there in silence? No, I think you that's might, great. You, yeah, you might as well have a conversation and understand why they like this, who they like. Um, and maybe question them on, oh, why would you listen to something like that? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> but you learn a lot about your kids when you take that time with yeah, them. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But we've talked about Kanye and Kid Cudi. Um, we'll probably stop talking about Kanye <laughs> for quite a while here, probably forever. Um, but they teamed up to release Kids See Ghosts, which is really good. I, listen, I heard that from my kids a lot. And mm -hmm. they also heard a lot of Denzel Curry, Travis Scott. 21 Savage, XXXTentacion, Logic, Migos, Post Malone. We've talked about some of those before. And usually if I asked, who's this? They could probably tell it was something I liked. I'm still not 100% able to identify many of the rappers right away, but I'm learning. I'm still learning. Um, I'm, I'm much better at it than I was a few years ago. <laughs> um, so I can't say I hate rap. Some of the content, yeah. But, you know, my parents probably didn't like some of the metal music that I was listening to when yeah. I was my kid's age, right? Um, I, I could do without some of the content, but I don't know the life lived to come up with those words. Mm -hmm. So I I always try to keep an open mind and put myself in another person's shoes as to why they think that way or why they feel that way. I think we have a lot of the same challenges with rap. Rap definitely has matured. You know, mm -hmm. this isn't run DMC that we kind of grew up with. There's a lot of slow jams now, real chill. We tried it for being too cool to sound like they care. And I'm wondering if, you know, that was just, you know, the old man yelling at clouds moment 
because because we, <laughs> we really don't understand it as what but this rap it's still pretty raw though you know l- lacking much of a lyrical filter you know if we go back to the content of it mm-hmm. i but through it all i don't doubt the authenticity of it i've enjoyed some of what you shared with me this week you made a playlist for me so that I could know what you were living through. <laughs> I like and, these little care packages I've been sending yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> at first I was hesitant and I thought you just decided I needed to suffer through it like you did. I saw <laughs> it and I rolled my eyes straight away. I was like, oh, here we go. Yep, I think that was the emoji you sent me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I, I started to at least understand the style a little bit more. Yeah. And there were some interesting musical parts mainly some guitar intro and then some themes that ran throughout the songs. I, I got to admit, some of the songs are easier to listen to than others. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to start a new phase here and now because you sent yeah. that playlist to me. <laughs> but I, I think if I hear Kid Cudi, I'm going to pay closer attention now. I can probably recognize his voice. Yes. Musically, in other areas, I felt thrown off still. It's a bit more like spoken word to me because it's more percussive. And it doesn't often have that groove that the rap we grew up with is associated with. Oh, it's definitely got a different groove. Mm. Um, and obviously the big one, it's that cicada, like 808 hi-hats that yeah. we, that, that's our biggest challenge. And I do, I have more exposure to it. So yeah, I got that higher tolerance. Um, I don't like that there's no body to that sound of some of those percussive elements it's all attack with no natural resonance that's still something i'm getting used to but that again that's another old man yelling at cloud moment (laughs) um i guess because it's not going away but at least back in the 80s or 90s you know what we heard it was a it was a timekeeping device and not this rapid fire device that's used for an effect in a song like like an actual instrument not just that timekeeper Yeah, that's my biggest struggle with it, is the constant use of the 808s. And for me, I can't hear where the musical originality is in there. But I do think the focus really shifted a lot to the words. And the music or the 808s are just kind of there to fill the gaps between the verses. Yeah, they're trying to find a creative use for them. And if you really do some deep listening to it, there's a lot of musical subtlety that is buried in the songs. I'll try. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know. <laughs> it, it takes time. And ever since we did our metal show, and recently uh-huh. when in version 1984, I've been giving metal more of a chance. I, I know what I like, so I, I make a pretty damn quick decision to pull the plug. Soulfly was right at the edge of what my limits are. Um, and it's usually vocally. If I listened more, I would have, I probably would have really liked it. After talking about rap and listening to more metal recently, it's all about familiarity and how far you're willing to push the limits of what your tolerance is. And it has to be over time. Right. I think, and I think that's more of a product of getting older. Whereas when you're younger, you're a little more open and you're like, Oh, what's this? As opposed to, Oh, what's that? You know, (laughs) giving it the stink eye. And then there was pigs, 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 pigs. How many pigs is that? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) they had an album king of cowards and it fell right into my sweet spot it's right in line with red fang kind of sludgy stoner metal but not too slow if you go too slow then you're just gonna lose me Mm -hmm. um and i've been drawn to clutch for a long time they had a really good album it's probably more stoner hard rock than metal but you know i'm no expert at those lines they're still pretty fuzzy in anvil i've seen this band pop up in in the releases, you know, in these two thousands and I've given them a chance every time. And every time I'm like, Jesus, these guys are really kind of good. And (laughs) because I saw the documentary that they had that came out, I don't know, eight, whatever years ago or something. I saw that. Yeah. And, and before that, I had no idea of their existence. You know, it's kind of both sad and frustrating and it's very entertaining. So in the few years that we've covered that I've seen albums, I've given a few songs a, a try and I've, I liked them. And, and I think I'm getting more accustomed to metal again. And it feels kind of refreshing. Like it's almost new again to me. Mm-hmm. There's so much of it that I don't know all the bands and I don't know the genres. And it's really hard to find a band that fits in my wheelhouse when you're doing blind listens. It's very easy to get stuck on like, nope, screaming, nope, screaming, nope. Growling, <laughs> yeah. and then and then you just tap out because i'm, I'm just not going to find that gold that i'm looking yeah. for right 
I'm glad that you found a new life in metal again. It, it, for me as well, it can still be hit or miss. I, I always liked the screaming guitar solos, those kind of cheesy harmonizing melodies that take place. And the the really big sounds, I imagine the flames shooting out on stage while they're playing yeah. live. Everybody knows what they like. And while you and I, we're not an exception to this, I think we've both found a new appreciation, a renewed one for yourself, and maybe a little more of an acceptance for me. Metal is a genre that has a lot of branches, but it's easy, I think, to find one that you like and to hang on to. Yeah, I began the show hinting around the narrative that I would revisit my thought that the end of the 2010s were a new beginning of a new great musical era. I never want to pigeonhole music with the opinion that only 1991 was the best year. I've heard people say this, or only the 80s or the 70s had real music. Each generation gets its shot. There are two reasons why I think it skipped a lot of the early 2000s, because... As we discussed, the Disney kids knew metal made a lot of music that had little impact on the fabric. Though That's not the two reasons. What I'm going to say is that there was music there that was really heavily based on image in those late 90s, early 2000s going forward. And that TRL that we've talked about, the Britney Spears, the Beyonce, you, you almost have people talk about how hot somebody is or how beautiful they are before they talk about how great the music is. Yeah, and that that really kind of irritates me too. It, it does me too. So the other thing that I think happened is that music got really accessible in the 2000s. And when iTunes came out, when Napster was there, when people were getting all kinds of free music, all of a sudden, it turned into quantity over quality. And it didn't matter how good the music was that you had. It mattered how much you had. People wanted to brag about how they had 30 gigabytes of music, not that they had one great album to listen to. Yeah, exactly. You had 25 gigs of crap. Yeah. Well, I think what happened, though, is now today's generation, they, they're streaming music. And I know there, I think with 2018 going forward, this generation isn't really the YouTube generation. That generation might be five to 10 years before them. So they were still watching music videos, still basing a lot on aesthetic. But this next generation of the 2018 and onward kids grew up with their parents sitting them down in front of like baby shark videos on YouTube and got sick of it. And they started just sitting in their room and going through playlists to find music that they liked. And it didn't matter what people looked like. It mattered whether they liked the song or not. And I think this is why there's been this big shift in music that's taken place. Yeah. And part of that, I think, is th this younger generation. And I'm not going to I'm not going to crap on them at all. I think this generation is awesome. There's less of an importance around owning the music yeah whereas our generations it was like oh gotta get this album gotta get that album and then when digital came around um it was like oh i gotta get this up i never had this album i gotta fill in all my back catalog of all these other groups and then it just sits there you know if it was a physical copy just be collecting dust mm -hmm. and while i liked i still like digital for for that reason because um i am a collector but at the same time, that that digital music revolution made music disposable. Yeah. And I respect people like Sandy, who does like to collect a lot of music, because he's the kind of person that's going to go and listen to all of it. And he's not collecting it to show off to everybody. He's collecting it because he wants to listen to it. And he enjoys going back and finding that stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I bet if I could go to his apartment, his house, whatever, take a random CD off the shelf, he could tell me exactly everything that's on that CD. Where he bought it, what's on it. Exactly. The, right? the album before, the album after. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But but people like that are more of the exception than the rule. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So now that we've reached here, I'm seeing the base of my thesis start to ramp up. A lot of new bands are appearing. The sound is definitely different from 2016 when we covered that. And I got to be honest with you, I had a tough choice choosing my five this week. In the 2000s, that hasn't been a struggle with the exception of a year or two. There are always going to be a bunch of singers, songwriters, and bands that are going to ramp up toward the next couple of years. And keep in mind, 
before we got to 1991, we had Nine Inch Nails, Soundgarden, and even Nirvana's own Bleach were ramping up the years prior to that. And you can't deny, like we've done years in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, that you look at the lists of like albums released and it is so huge now. Yeah. There is so much new music that it's it's so hard to find something and something that is really, really great. I think it's easier for it to fall through the cracks. My friend Tim made the statement when I was talking about this thesis in one of my chats that uh, right now, you know, really within the past three to four years, it's one of the times there really has been something for everyone. There's so much music out there that if you want to dig in and find it, there's just all kinds of great stuff. Yeah. Yeah, And it doesn't feel like one thing has a stranglehold. No, not at all. Like what I we think, noticed with the, the new metal and the Disney princesses. Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> definitely the Disney kids for many, yeah. many years. And I think when we had Harry and Mercedes on, they agreed with that assessment on version 2019. But I think thankfully things had started to change here in 2018. We had glam rock reemerging with the struts. Singles by the Snuts and Seagirls signaled a, a, like a real return to alternative rock. Jane, an artist that I've talked about before, had an album that I struggled to keep a song out of my five from. Honorable mention for her song, Inspector, which geniusly (laughs) uses the theme from Inspector Gadget. (laughs) I did like that. Yeah, (laughs) I'll, I'll dig a little deeper when I get to my five, but I really feel like music caught my attention again in 2018. And for the next few years, it still just gets better. I'm looking forward to doing version 2022 to see if I think it's beyond its peak or if we're kind of experiencing those residuals. Cause we know that even though everybody goes back to 1991 and says, Oh, that was such a great year. There were albums that were coming out in 93 and 94 and 95 that we were still digging and getting into the same exact way we, we liked them in 1991. Oh yeah. And I feel like these late teen years, we're going to be finding new things for, for a while now. Yeah because there's just so much to dig through. So you said that uh, this music caught your attention again. Did it catch your attention in 2018? Or was a lot of it something that you discovered more this week? I know you've mentioned Jane before, having listened to her back then. Uh, or what, you know, was it through exploration? Matt, I did not have to explore music this week. Back in 2018, this was when I started my weekly listen of a new release playlist. And if I found a song I like, I would set it aside for a later listen. So when I dug into my Spotify this week, I had all of these songs from 2018 that I remembered coming home and playing to Linda and being like, oh, you got to listen to this one. You got to listen to that one. <laughs> and and I, I thought they were all really cool. Yeah. Jane was one of those bands. Like I said, when we get into the five, I'll, I'll bring a few more of those bands to the forefront. I didn't want to just name drop a bunch of them all at once, but yeah, the, the music that I was discovering in that time was starting to get me excited. And I don't know if it's because I went through that phase where I was trying to listen to more women's music, which I've talked about in previous episodes, because that's also apparent when we get to our five this week. (laughs) But I think that there was a, a lot of really exciting stuff coming up. And this was the time that it was going to lead towards that. So yeah, that's where I was discovering it. Now yourself, now you said that most of the stuff you were listening to is with your kids. Yeah. I found most of what I listened to was new in 2018 was, it was the rap Mm -hmm. that my kids were listening to. I'm really loving these years where I can explore and find some really good music because I I got a chance to explore outside of what I already knew. This is probably the third version in a row where I'll say the name Loretta Lynn. She has a really good album and I'm still amazed at how good she sounds. She re-recorded Coal Miner's Daughter in a more of a bluegrass style. Okay. And I, 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 I loved it. 
Um, and don't worry, this isn't a signal of me having a country reawakening like metal. <laughs> <laughs> After the country music episode, yeah. folks. <laughs> exactly. But a Willie Nelson song almost made my top five. Yeah, of because course. his his Tatra album is is phenomenal. That's really good. But rock, the vaccines, I can't quit, came real close to making my five this week. Mm-hmm. Same with the Fratelli, Starcrossed Lovers. The more I hear of those bands, the more I, I'm falling in love with them. Did you listen to the first aid kit album? Yeah, I really I love them. Yeah, that was so good. Mm -hmm. And there was so much more of what you liked about them in 2014. You know, just the right amount of country flair. Yeah, they have that element of country, but still Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, that's what I hear from them. Yep. And the country is just little splashes here and there, not in every Mm -hmm. song. But Yeah. yeah, they're really good. Yeah. Well, that's great. I'm glad we were able to talk about the uh, year of music and I'm excited to talk about our five then because I think as we dig into our five songs, we'll explore a little bit further. I think we went through that pretty quickly, but really what we're excited about is where the direction 2018 was going. And I would encourage anybody, if you haven't listened to it yet, go listen to the 2019 episode after this. And Mm. somewhere down the line, we're going to have to do 2020. And yeah, I think at the end of this year, though, before we hit 2020, we're going to wind up doing 2022 or at the end of the year, because we talked about doing that as a year in review. So there's this batch of episodes that I think people can really dig into and listen to. Yeah, they'll all be connected. Yeah, yeah. And that's the fun part about doing this show. So that sounds like we're wrapping up and leading into our five. Jim, you picked 2018, so it is your duty to lead us off. What is your number one song? My first song I'm going to choose, and I talked about women kind of leading the way from 2018 onward a bit, and you don't get much more women than this, Thunder Pussy. (laughs) And then the song is Speed Queen. That's right, folks. I said Thunder Pussy. (laughs) Uh, They're a great rock band. I talked earlier in either version 2021 or 2019 about how I started digging into the women's music. And when I did, I wasn't let down. I think women are a big part of this music shift. And this song is a great example of a phrase you used in an earlier episode about old being new again. Hmm. This song has epic opening drums. The, The moment I heard it, it made me go bottom just the kind of beat and and but but then it has a little flair to it that's cool crashing guitars it's got strong vocals that makes it sound like great classic rock music that had never been written and the song is about sex it just <laughs> it, it 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 is about as you know led zeppelin as you can get without really ripping off led zeppelin <laughs> This is a great rock song. And you know what I really loved about it? Listen to that open hi-hat that she's hitting. Yeah. At the very beginning, it's raw, right? It's not overly processed. These sound like fucking drums instead of somebody just uh, squeezing everything and compressing it to hell. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, this was really good. Yep. So yeah, that's my first song. Go listen to it. Thunder Pussy, Speed Queen. I had to say that again. All right, Matt. So that that's my first one. Yeah, I've, I've said that name too many times now. You you lead us to your first one. What is yes. your first choice this week? My first one is 150 Rum by J.I.D. It's either this song or Childish Gambino that we blew out the speakers in the garage. Listening to. <laughs> they were old and there's a lot of bass in this song. I, I love the syncopation and the flow of this rap and the dark tone. Did you really blow out the speakers in your garage? I did. Really good. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, you know, you you give kids a volume knob. Where does it go? Yeah, it's going to go off. Ten. Yes. I'm not going to say anything more. I'm going to let you run through a couple of your songs before I give any commentary, if that's okay today. that that That's fine. That's fine. Okay. That, okay. Then you can go on with your second song. I will go on with my second song. And that song is by a band called Super Organism. The song is called Everybody Wants to Be Famous. I was watching a Sunday morning TV show over here, and this band that was really kind of eclectic looking, they were characters. They performed this song using children's instruments. They were blowing bubbles in water and using bottle tops to blow across the top, you know, sound. And it was really cool. It was unique. It caught my attention. 
And then I went and watched the YouTube video and I felt like I was watching a hallucinogenic induced short musical film. <laughs> like it literally the definition of trippy. And that's what this song is. It's trippy. It's catchy. It kind of reminds me of Ween or like early Ween the way when they were coming along. I won't say musically, don't go listen to it and think about Ween, but just recording styles and things that they did. And the song just stayed stuck in my head and it got a good few weeks of repeat listens from me walking to or from work. I just loved to put this song on. I just think they're a cool, unique band with a great perspective on making fresh music. I tapped out pretty early on this one the first time, just because <laughs> the energy's really low. Oh, and yeah. She sounded so young. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, you chide me about children's music. <laughs> like, oh, my God. But a few more listens and I came around. It, it's it's an earworm. Mm-hmm. It's just it's low key catchy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That you just find yourself kind of humming along to before you know it. Yeah. She sounds young and she looks like she's about 12 or 13 years old. I know. I watched the video. I'm like, there's no way she's 17. No, there's, there's no way. <laughs> Do you know a cool story? They were already a band and they were performing, I, I think, really kind of instrumental music. And she found them and basically tracked them down and was like, I'm going to be your singer now. And they were like, okay, you're going to be our singer now. But I sent you that article about them this week and they just seem like the coolest group of people. I recommend looking into Super Organism. They're just a cool band, very different. Like I said, a little trippy, but if you want something that's going to be existential this is the band to check out that's my number two wow i went on for a really long time for that for the second song haven't done that in a while what's your number two matt i'm gonna go with lean with me by juice world i had trouble with this song at first because of all the drug talk again we go back to that content and rap but then i learned talking with my kids about his struggle with addiction Mm-hmm. And we, we've covered Juice World's overdose death in 2019. So on the surface, again, uh, kind of like the Kid Cudi song that I brought, you know, it can kind of seem like a celebration of drug use. But the more listens and the more you know about him and his struggles, um, I came away more with a take that it's about self-awareness. He knows he's an addict. And I can't help thinking his songs like this, they're a way of asking for help. Yeah. And Juice World, he is a freestyle beast. Check him out on YouTube and s- search him up freestyling. He he'll he goes for an hour just completely off the top of his head. <laughs> like I said, I'm going to hold off my commentary <laughs> until we'll we'll do another song. So now that I've now that I've covered my second song, we're just going to go <laughs> directly into Jim's third because Sorry about I think that. he wants to berate me about all the rap that I'm bringing this week. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, my third song is Bishop Briggs, and the song is called White Flag. I think I brought Bishop Briggs to the 2021 or two, I think 2019 episode, song called Champion. And yeah, I was guess, hoping this wasn't a Dido cover. <laughs> it's not a Dido cover. No, <laughs> it's completely different than Dido. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and guess what? Like Champion, and you you've said this to me. I like fight songs. You've noticed this about me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's what you call your annoying optimism. Well, you know, I think part of that comes as well with being in jobs where I felt like I needed to gain some kind of inner strength to go and accomplish some mm-hmm. thing that I was trying to do at work. You know, I've had retail sales positions and always tried to look for that kind of inspiration. Look, I'm not going to go invest in a Tony Robbins video, but I'm going to jump into music <laughs> to try to get that oomph that I, that, that drive and yeah. to try to share that with the people that worked with me. And that's what this song did. Uh, I went through a phase where I listened to Bishop Briggs quite a bit. She has a lot of emotion in her vocal performance and a really strong voice. And like I said, we've discussed that fight songs are my thing. Yeah. And the message of never waving your white flag in life's toughest moments, that appealed to me. No tapping out. That's what I like about it. All okay. Right. That is my number three. So let's roll right over to your number three, Matt. Roll with me. Uh, yeah, we're going to go with another rap song, and it is Stir Fry by Migos. Holy rap, Batman. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just got a great beat. It's catchy rap. 
and it's a little earworm that you kind of you know in the kitchen wrist twisting like it's stir fry and you go like well that's kind of dumb <laughs> until you hear it a few times then you start doing it and you're like damn that's that's freaking catchy <laughs> yeah. and i have to say uh rest in peace to take off uh, one of the members of migos he recently died from gunshot wound. oh that's a shame in that's Eastern a shame. texas yes i uh I, I okay so here we go matt i want to know you know pull the mask off you know, who are you underneath there? Because this guy that just brought three of these rap songs to the show. <laughs> I, it's really cool to see that you've had this influence uh, in music with your kids. And I know you bring them to the show because of the experiences that you had with them. I, I like the Migos song. And to be honest with you, I had never heard it before I listened to it this week. And yeah, you're right. Really catchy. It, it, and I think it's one of those songs that has kind of like that syncopation that makes you yes. bounce. And the other thing I've got to give you credit for with these songs is maybe, and maybe it's a thing where music shifts in 2018, maybe the stuff that was coming out earlier that I wasn't really paying close enough attention to, or maybe the rap that I'm hearing over here in Britain just isn't getting it right. And so that's why I'm prejudging a lot of the stuff, but there was music in this. It wasn't just all 808s. Stir Fry has a groove. There's something going on there that was really cool. And I, I think that, you know, it, it, there are people out there that go through life and they never shift their opinion about a style of music. And I've really got to give kudos to you because you're bringing these songs. If, if we talk about that time we met and walked home from school, and if I had turned to you and said, <laughs> Matt, one day in 2022, you are going to quote me three rap songs as your three favorite <laughs> songs of a year. You would never more. Me and you would tell me, you know, he'd punch me in the face. Yeah, probably would have beaten Jim up. <laughs> <laughs> but you no, know, I gotta say, it's it's really cool that you had this experience with your with your kids, and it allowed you to carry on. And you know, I know I know your boys are growing up there in the house and. You know, it's one of those things where I think in, you know, five, 10 years time, if we'd started the show, then you probably would be bringing me songs around because you've got a nostalgia attached to them from the time that you spent in their, you know, good years. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where a lot of those first three picks are. It, it, it is nostalgia because I found that uh, my kids' music is just as important to them. Mm -hmm. Yep. And again, if, if, you, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. And the one thing that going into this, I wanted to avoid having our playlist become something you could just tune into the radio and listen to. I like that. Yeah. You know, so th there are certain years where I bring in like this week, Hey, maybe I want to show you what I explored this week. Yeah. Or maybe this is, this was what was popular or this is uh, what was really, what's the fucking word I'm looking for? This is, this is what, you know, obscure music that I was really digging. Mm -hmm. um, so on, it's really hard with these songs because I don't know how popular they are. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So I, I just hope that people give them a chance. Yep. And if you don't like them, you just skip them. I think for the most part, we know that the audience are going to pick the most popular songs to go on the playlist because they, if you've noticed, if we put obscure songs on the vote, nobody's going to vote. Nobody gets, yeah, no, they nobody's don't. Get, they're not. So I do go and look at what was, you know, the top chart hits. And I try to pick songs that I'm going to want to listen to if I'm going to sit yeah. down and listen to the playlist. Otherwise you got to put too much work into it. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. But I think that it's really cool that this is something that you've brought to the show. And yeah, you know, it's, it's really important to have songs like this. So yeah, these three is just a, just an honor of my kids. That's all. Yeah. Hey, and they're good songs. They're good stir, songs. Stir fry is great. Stir fry belongs on the radio. <laughs> that that's, that definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So thank you for those comments. You're welcome. Uh, we are going to go to you for your fourth song. Well, speaking of belonging on the radio <laughs> and I'm going to say his name and you know, there's going to be probably a collective groan out there, but it is John Mayer and the song is New Light.
oh yeah. you, you know you get the whole yeah. crowd going ah. uh, you know what uh, there are some people that if you had the right year and you put john mayer songs on that fan choice or on that fan on the fans we are fans yeah there, there are some songs that if we put them on the audience vote they would pick the john mayer song yes i i have a love-hate relationship with him i really dislike his early pop stuff i'm not really that into it but if you've ever seen the john mayer trio they're absolutely amazing uh, Pino Palladino playing bass, Steve Jordan on drums. If this isn't something you've ever checked out, you got to go watch it. And it's something that gave me a lot more respect for him. And then I've been kind of intrigued over the past few years of his performances with the dead, going and playing Grateful Dead music. It's really almost engaged me more to watch them. I've gone to YouTube and found myself watching more Grateful Dead in the past five years because I'm curious as to what John Mayer's doing on stage with them. <laughs> but this is one of his pop songs, and it's a simple one. And I think it's cool. I think he just writes these songs effortlessly. It sounds like it belongs in 1976. It has that AM gold radio feel. It probably didn't take much for him to go and write it and record it. It's not super exciting, but it's got a cool little hook, and it stays stuck in my head. And when I was thinking about a song I wanted to come up onto the playlist, if I was listening to it, this is one that I would think, yeah, that, I, that's cool. Wait a minute. This is a John Mayer tune. All right. <laughs> You're not alone with that love-hate relationship with him. I think a lot of people have that. Mm -hmm. But you can't deny, especially if you watch what he does with the trio, this guy's an amazing guitarist. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, be, because he can, like you said, he's on there playing with the dead. And he's just doing what needs to be done in the song. Yeah, I had a friend one day. I was talking about how uh, I hate John Mayer. John Mayer sucks. And he was like, oh, really? Come sit down. And he put on the John Mayer Trio concert video that got released back in the day. And by the end of that concert, I was you did a complete 180. My mind was blown. I saw somebody who really had a background in music that was incredible and a, an ability, but, you know, he also knew how to sell himself properly to the pop radio market and put himself out there. Yeah. Because he knows music and he knows how to just write those songs that yeah. can become hits. Yeah. And thank God he doesn't do it too often. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. All right. So that's my number four. Let's get on with your number four. My number four will be White Denim and Double Death. This was my number one album in 2018 performance. Mm -hmm. um, it has a very old school nine songs on it, which I wish more people would do. Just get it over with. Just put on great songs, no filler. Yeah, I dig everything on that album. And before I, you know it, the whole thing, it just starts over and I listen to the whole thing again. When White Denim started, they were very garage rock sounding, raw and high energy. And, but you could hear where they're going to end up on some of their later albums. And they still have that energy, but they're so much more focused. It's a great example of a band maturing in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Double Death, it's just, it's got this funky groove that just, it flows so smoothly through the song. Yeah. When I first started digging through 2018 and I saw a White Denim album, I immediately knew you're going to pick a song from it, but, but this is, <laughs> this is a great one. I really enjoyed listening to it. I honestly thought when I was listening to it, there are a lot of kind of funky jam bands out there that go too far. And, you mm -hmm. know, they, they, yeah, it's funky. And what they're doing, these guys keep everything just in the right perimeter for me to stay interested in the song. Uh, you know, the, the breakdowns, the, the, the musical changes that take place. And what I liked about it was when I listened to this song a couple of times, I just went straight to the album and started mm -hmm. the song up and I'd listen to it. Okay. And like I said, a couple of times I was doing something. So it went to the next song and the next song was this raw rock song that was kind of completely different from it. Mm -hmm. And I really got to notice that they had that really cool ability to write good music. Yeah, I think yeah. I've said it before where they're like they're like a jam band that knows how to keep it short. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was just hearing. Keep it short and tight and just put 
just put what needs to be in the song to keep your attention, make it great, move on to the next one. Yep. Yep. Yeah, White Denim's a great band. Nice. So we're on to your last one. What are you going to close out your five with? My last song is an artist called Corey Henry, and his song is called Love Will Find a Way. Once again, a song I discovered, I was searching through new music on a playlist, and I immediately had to go to YouTube and search for the video. The video is great. It's a live performance of him playing with a band on stage. He sits down, he's playing an organ. And once again, this goes back to our old is new. It's crossing between funk, soul, and R&B, really kind of without stealing from anyone. I think that's what's important with this old is new philosophy or you know style that we're hearing is mm-hmm. that it really shows great influence of music that we enjoyed a lot of years ago. I think maybe if these types of bands had come out in 1991 and not the alternative music or anything, it would have seemed like it was really just kind of directly ripping off what happened in the 70s. But because we're here almost 40 years later, there's something that they've been able to do with the music that's allowed them to separate themselves from that era and really make it sound fresh and original again. I, I love the rhythm guitar, just chunking the wah-wah through it. And like I said, he's playing organ. That sounds amazing. The background vocals, singing, that's so smooth. The song structure and the writing, the way it breaks down is fun. It's as good as any R&B in my opinion. So yeah, Corey Henry, Love Will Find A Way. Check out his stuff. He's a solid talent. Hell yeah, he is. Jesus. And this is at the heart of believing that music is getting better now. Yeah. It's, you know, I didn't get maybe like 20 seconds in and I was just like, oh yeah, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. And uh, to your comment about the, or the running theme we have right here of old is new. I got Stevie and Prince vibes from this. But like you said, you never get the feel that it's ripping off. You just get the feeling that it's an honest influence. Yeah. Yep. Right. There's, there's no rip at all. It's just, you know, by the time you get to be 50, you've heard a lot of music. You can pick stuff out and you know, being a musician, you have your influences. You can't help but having these little tricks (laughs) in your bag that you do. Uh, But this was a really great song. Well, I think Um, I'm really glad you brought it. Yeah. I think one of the things when you talk about the tricks you do is we're not hearing the tropes as much in the new music nope. that's coming along. You're and right. That, that's what it is. That's, you know, there's something that- the, We're not the, hearing that Wilhelm scream. Yeah. They know how to manipulate that that rhythm line or that, that hi-hat, you know, or something just right to make it sound like it's not a direct ripoff of something you've already heard. Yeah. And everything was just perfectly balanced in this yeah. song. Yeah. So there we go. Really? That is my five from 2018. And I'm happy with them. Yes, you should be. Thank you. What is is your fifth song? My fifth one is going to be Forgive You by Leon Bridges. It's, this is an album I really got stuck on this week. What a great R&B soul record. Um, It's a beautiful song about a failed relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, If the title doesn't tell you that, (laughs) you know, there's doubt and sorrow, but there's also closure and forgiveness in a little bit of a glimmer of hope for the future. You, you get the feeling that there were some deep feelings that ne- will never go away. And through it all, while it is dealing with a highly emotional situation, you're not subjected to this just dripping with emotion music. Yeah. It's almost hopeful sounding, mm-hmm. especially at the end, you know, the, I'm a, you know, we're okay. Okay. Um, there really is like an uplift of hope at the end of it. I can hear that. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I liked listening to it a lot. It was one of those songs that as I was walking along to work and listening to the music that you picked for this week, I was kind of like, is this Jim in 1980 something listening to this music? <laughs> it, it, not that it sounds like a 1980 song, but once again, like rap music, this is a direction that you've gone in that kind of surprised me. And it really, it, it really has a, a, a good sense of emotion. It's not a pop song by any means. It doesn't, you know, no. it, although, although it's, it's, it, it's got its own sound. It's not 
based on trying to get you on a hook. But there was just but it's something- not like slapping you in the face with emotion either. No, no, there was just something about it that was really good. And uh, yeah, you know, Leon Bridges is one of those guys that I think is teetered on the edge of breaking over here in the UK, but not in a massive way. Mm-hmm. So I've been exposed to him a little bit, but maybe through a, a, a song he's backing up with a major DJ or something like that. Uh, you know, I, I've okay. got to go back and listen to more of his music and I, I'm, this song's going to prompt that for me. Cool. Very yeah. good. So now when we're done. Yes. And now is the time where we reveal where we're going next. And it's my turn this week. It is. 2018. I picked 2018. So you get to choose where we're going to go. Yep. The last, you know, bunch of versions. We've lingered in the 2000s a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we haven't hit the 90s in a while. So we're going to go back and we're going to go and check out 1998. Ah, uh, this will be good. Is this our first wedge year? Because we've done... 97 and we've done 99 oh yeah yeah i think ah, it is that's that'll be cool that'll be a lot of fun yeah i'll have to revisit uh what my five were in 97 and in 99 and yeah and see where the differences are i i think what's cool about that is we're gonna have more wedge years as the as we go, yeah. <laughs> close in on <laughs> on the show but that it's cool to reach these kind of moments because when we do research the shows we often will pop up I, you know, first thing I do most of the time is I'll punch the year into Spotify and I'll mm-hmm. start rolling through and seeing, oh, what's there, what's there, what's there, and go, ah, oh, you know, no, that was released in 1997. I can't pick that one. Or, oh, that's what's annoying with playlists. Yeah. Yeah. You so, almost get hyped to bring a song only to find you can't bring it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, there are songs that I've, I've sent off a message to you saying, oh yeah, because we're always like this one, that one, this one. Yeah. And there are times where I've done that and then I've had to message you back or you've messaged me and you've been like, no, Jim, that, that doesn't work. <laughs> but but this will be fun because we've done a lot of research around 1998. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on. Yeah, should be good. Should be good. All right. Much like this version was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we will do that. Uh, I think it's my turn to wrap it up this week. I think it is. Okay. Yeah, everybody, thank you very much to listening to our show, The Jam Yearbook. It's been fantastic. Make sure you go to our Facebook group page. Just look it up if you're not friends with us, The Jam Yearbook. You can find these polls that we're talking about. You can search The Jam Yearbook, hashtag The Jam Yearbook on TikTok and watch very bad videos that we make. And uh, they're, they're not a lot of them, but the more of you that maybe come along, the more we'll be in, inclined to uh, make. Matt, once again, always a pleasure sitting here talking to you about music, even if you're wrong. I'm only wrong half the time. <laughs> you're the other really half, wrong. you're wrong. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's been nice. We haven't really had a lot of disagreement about music. And I, I've noticed that we seem to stop ranting. So, there, but there are going to be some years we're going to hit eventually. <laughs> we'll go back to that. <laughs> I think you were trying to bait me because you brought in the Disney conglomerate early in the show. I did. I, I did. I, I don't know if you're trying to bait me whenever you say Disney or not. So oh, I, I can see the hairs in the back of your neck rise on, on, on Zoom here. <laughs> All right, everybody. Matt, say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. And thanks for tuning in and tune in next time for 1998. Peace, love, and podcast.